Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Happy Mother's Day to however you find yourself today. So many different definitions of mom and what it means to be a mother, and I want you to hear from me. Uh, All of those struggles and all of those seasons are valuable, and you're seen, and you're loved, and we celebrate you today, and you're not less than, and you're not second rate, that God has you in this spot for this season and his hands on you. Amen, everybody. Come on, men. Aren't you thankful for all those strong women in our lives, yeah? Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. I'm standing beside one. Uh, the mother of my children. She'll tell you a little bit about our story, but uh, after years together without children, uh, to see you with our babies, they love you more than they love me, and I hate to say that out loud, but it's true. Here's the thing I thought. I, I honestly, I honestly, I had this in my mind. I thought, okay, if I make her be the disciplinarian, then I get to be the hero, right? So, so what would happen is she gets on to the kids, and I think, okay, this is my time. I'm going to swoop in and say, Daddy's here. But the craziest thing, she'll get on to them, and then they run to her crying to be consoled because she got on to them. I can't ever win nothing in my house, everybody. They just love their mom, and you're a fantastic mother, not only there, but to our entire church family, I honor you today. Would you honor Miss Brandy today, everybody? Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you. Everyone looks beautiful today. Um, I'm so, so proud to say that this is my church family, and I love each of you so much. Pray for you. Pray for your babies often, and so thankful for you. I just have a, I told them I'll take a quick five minutes today. Um, There's so many things we have today. We have some gorgeous cookies from a local bakery. Get one. They're really good. Um, Take a picture with your mom at the photo booth. We've got this awesome lip balm, which is really good. I mean, like, your husband may want to steal it or your kids. It's really good. There's so many great things um, that we have for you today, and we want you to feel loved. We want you to feel honored. We want you to know that we appreciate you. But most of all, before you leave, I hope that something that is said whether it's the video that was just played or you're here for your kids getting dedicated, something today touched you through the spirit of God and that you feel his love today at City Hills. That's so important to us. Um, I was just thinking recently about what's in the news. Uh, We know a lot of what's going on with the Supreme Court and all of that. I'm not getting into politics today, but I do want to say that this church believes in the value of life. Right. And I want to give honor to every mother who's made that hard choice. And I want to tell the mothers who maybe made a different choice that we still love you. And God still loves you. And you're welcome here and accepted here. And the enemy would tell you your life doesn't matter. We've we've had some um, crazy things happen this week. And it seems like when our church is going forward in growth or we're we're coming into a new season with this building, um, we always look out. It's like 21 days of prayer. We know something crazy is going to happen. Or we, we just we faced a lot of hard things this week. Um, the loss of a, of a young father, and um, there's a young child, a, a baby, in the hospital this week. And there's a lot going on saying that the babies aren't worth it, 
that your life isn't worth it, that if you've made a mistake, it's not worth it. That's not true. And I'm here to tell you that today. Your life matters. Right. All life matters. Right. And God loves you. He's got a plan for you today. I was thinking um, this morning uh, about Galatians 6 and 9. In the message translation, it says, So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. This church is our community of faith. And I just want to speak to the moms today, and I'm sure there are some dads here doing it by yourself. This church is important. And I know that there are a million places you could be, and there are a million things to distract you. But there is something Galatians tells us, Paul tells us, we have to be faithful. We cannot give up. We cannot quit. Right. I know what it's like to come in. Um, he shared the story. I might steal the story from you. Um, today I'm in tennis shoes. This, this was my choice. I've, I've gotten some looks. This is, this, is my, this is my vibe, okay, today. But um, a few weeks ago, I came to church with my little boy on the way in. I thought, we're just going to power through. He wasn't feeling good, but he's sort of a drama king, sort of. I don't know where he gets that from, but um, <laughs> we, we were here. We were all the way to church, and I just made the call, like, we can't cut it. I'm not going to do that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go home. We dropped my little girl off, and I got out, and my, my fit was really good. I was, I was supposed to be on stage that day. I had got to church early. Um, stepped out of the car and I'm talking to him and one of our security team, Kevin, who couldn't believe you called me out last service, but now I have to tell it again. I'm like, I'm sorry, look, I'm ready to go. And he was like, babe, you're no, you, you've got two shoes on right now. I had two different shoes on. That's mom life, okay? I was doing my best to get out. I, I told last service, I feel the stress of coming to church on Sunday mornings. I know sometimes you wonder, is it worth it? I'm sweating. I'm tired. My hair isn't fixed right. My kids might look great. I feel like a fool the way I'm dressed. It's, it's a lot of work. But the, the word tells us to be faithful and not to quit and to keep going. And your babies will see that. Right. And I see that already. I have not arrived. I've only got a seven and a 10-year-old. So I know there's a lot to learn. But I also know that my children have seen the faithfulness of us. And if the Lord will help me, that's, that is the bare minimum they're going to always see from mom and dad. We will be faithful to God's house. He so faithful, my son woke up at 6.30 this morning and said, Mom, you got to hurry up and get ready today. It's Mother's Day, so you have to be there real early. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. So, Mom, you don't get to sleep in. You need to get up and get to church today. Um, that's, that's just the way he thinks. He loves being here, and he loves being here, I think, because we put that in him on purpose. And I don't say that to judge. I'm saying that because it is our job as pastors to lead, and we're trying our best. We're not going to get it right. We're going to make mistakes. But I, I want you to know how valuable it is that you're here today right. and that you're here the next Sunday and the right. next Sunday right. and the right. next Sunday. Things happen. You know, sickness comes, vacation comes, things happen, and we want you to do all that. But when you're home, being at God's house and showing that to your children is so important. And we love you, and we, we don't take it for granted that you're here. We love you, we value you, and we thank you. God bless you moms today. So good. Hey, by the way, you can be anointed in white Nikes. You know what I'm telling y'all? 
Look at this. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Give another big hand today. How you men know what it's like to just outkick your coverage, you know what I mean? And all of you have, and uh, I'm grateful for uh, my mother, and I'm grateful for the mother of my children, and uh, I am fourth generation in a spirit-filled church. Um, I'm the first preacher in my family in four generations, but um, my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mother all raised us in church and dragged. I always tell people I had a drug problem when I was two. I got drugged at Sunday morning, and I got, they drugged me to Sunday night church, and they drugged me to Wednesday night church, and they drugged me to Friday night youth service and Tuesday night prayer meeting. Anybody else have the same drug problem? And That was moms that do that, and it was mom that made sure that even on Wednesday nights, you know, and we had homework, and we had school, and we, had, we still had church. Dinner would be ready early, and it, it, we just, moms just make sure that it happens, and I honor you today, and wherever you are in whatever season that you're in, I honor you, and I honor my wife today. Uh, thank you for being at church. I do want to uh, bring you a quick message. I promise to let you go early today and try to beat the Baptists to the restaurants, but most of those people made reservations, and y'all didn't, so it's your fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you, So, uh, but I'll do what I can. Um, let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, today, thank you for the presence of God. The families that we've dedicated back to God today, those beautiful babies. Thank you for our moms. God, I pray for mothers today who uh, things may not be what they wish it was. Uh, things may not be just right in their home or in their relationship with their children, maybe with their mother. I'm asking for grace today. I pray that you would uh, surround every person in church today with your love. Let them feel the love and the presence of God today that would lift them in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. I want to give you a quick update before. Uh, I told you I had some big news, and I know it's Mother's Day, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But I do want to kind of give you an update. If you're new to our church family, let me give you a quick story. Five and a half years ago, we launched City Hills Church in an elementary school, of all places. And uh, it was on the, the south side of Bernie, uh, which is funny to say. But uh, I've lived in Bernie long enough to know you have to say that. Now, the south side of Bernie and the north side of Bernie are exactly one and a half miles apart. But we have to pretend they're really, really far, and this is a really big city. And so uh, we started uh, the City Hills Church there with 35 people that we didn't know nine months earlier. Uh, we had moved here and didn't know a soul. And I tell you, we didn't know anybody. I mean, nobody. Uh, I would go to the Dinger, and I would buy breakfast, because it's all I could afford uh, to just buy breakfast, and then I'd sit there all day. You know, they weren't going to kick me out. What are you going to do? And I would just, I would refill my tea all day long and meet as many people as I possibly could. This tr I wish it wasn't true, but it's a true story. I would meet as many people as I possibly could and invite them to uh, our new church launch. 35 crazy people said yes to that and their families. And we launched City Hills Church on September 25th, 2016 uh, with hundreds and hundreds of people there for the very first time. So much so, we ran out of chairs. We robbed chairs out of every classroom. We tore down all the walls we had built. Uh, uh, we ran out of parking spots. There's not a lot of parking places in an elementary school. A lot of those kids don't drive yet. And so um, some of y'all were driving there, but that's a different story. But anyway, we, we just did all the best we could, and, and God was faithful. And from there, we went to a movie theater. We spent the bulk of our season, three years, almost three and a half years, in a movie theater um, that smelled just as bad the day we left as the day we moved in. And, um, but it was really cool because there's not many places you can 
uh, feel the Holy Spirit and eat a hot dog at the same time. You know what I mean? At 9 o'clock in the morning. And you could do that there. And I never forget, I used to love people that would come and they'd get concessions and they'd go to the very top and eat while I was uh, preaching. That was the best. And I always vowed when we get a church, we're not putting in comfortable seats just because those were the worst uh, for people sleeping. But God was faithful there. We baptized hundreds of new believers and uh, it was an amazing time. Then COVID hit. I wish I had the statistics. I think in a couple of years we'll probably know a little bit clearer the picture. But if I, if I could tell you how many churches have closed down since COVID, I mean, I, I really, I don't, I don't want to be negative today, but it has, it, it's thousands upon thousands of churches that, um, that did not survive the pandemic. One of, one of the tragedies I don't think we fully grasp is the absence of a local church in a community because of the pandemic. And I have friends who, who closed their churches. I, ju- I ju- just heard uh, two, two weeks ago of a friend in, in, um, in Ohio who could not find a permanent location after COVID and ended up closing his church after five years. But we made it, and we moved uh, to another location. As soon as we coming out of COVID, we moved to another location uh, about 10 miles away with about half of our congregation, I'll be honest with you. Some of that was COVID, and some of that was just, uh, it was 10 miles away. And you know, 10 miles when you're when South Bernie and North Bernie anyway. Um, so we lost a lot of people during that, but we won a lot of people, and we were there uh, for about a year, and then God opened this place up. I'll tell you all of that story to tell you that uh, about a year ago, we signed the lease on our first permanent home, and so we have prayed about this location for uh, a long time. For four years, we've actually prayed for this. I have a picture of myself and one of our overseers uh, on the, the land that this building now sits on in 2017, uh, praying that God would give it to us. And everybody, we are just a few weeks away from moving into our first permanent home. And to God be the glory. So I want to give you a quick update. And I want to give you some real like some real dates. So I've been telling you that for a long time. And people have made fun for the last several months saying, Pastor, you're hedging. Because sometimes I would tell you we had two more months. And sometimes I'd tell you five more months. And it's honestly because I didn't know. I'm being, I'm being <laughs> really transparent. It just... There's a lot of things that were out of our control and I didn't know, but I got a few things I want to I want to give you some definite dates on. And he, here's one. After today, we got two more Sundays here, and our last Sunday at Van Robb Elementary is Sunday, May the 22nd. Everybody, we are two weeks away from our final service in an elementary school. Come on, give God glory for that, everybody. Just two more weeks of setting up and tearing. Now, the people whistling, those are set up and takedown people. Those are people who've been here on Friday nights and pizza and tacos and we'd set up. They, if you didn't know this, um, your tax dollars, they don't cool these schools uh, when the children aren't here. And so on Friday night, it's between 170, 180 degrees in here. And, um, and it smells atrocious, and, but we're setting up and, and making space. This morning at 6 a.m., there was a whole other crew of people that got here and, and, and finished uh, setting up. When you go home today, when you go to brunch with your mother today... There are going to be a whole group of people who stay and take down this entire church. Everything that you see here is because of them. Everything that happens in kids and outside there is because of them. And I want, to, I want you to hear from me how grateful I am. I'll tell you that more uh, over the next couple of weeks. But I just want you to hear up front how thankful I am for your sacrifice and your giving. And it doesn't go lightly. And listen, you have made an eternal difference. There are hundreds of people that are on their way to heaven today because of your sacrifice and I thank you for that. Come on, give God praise for our dream team. Would you do that? 
All right, so just two more Sundays. Today's the 8th, the 15th, and the 22nd. Now, the 22nd, I'm liable to wear a robe and preach my hair on fire. Okay, everybody? So buckle up. You better pack a lunch that day. Everybody come with a sack lunch that day because there's no telling what may happen. And we're going to party the whole way out of here uh, on the 22nd. Because of that, our building is at the point where there's st- we're going to take a lot of what you see and it has to be integrated into our new building. So we made the decision for this one time on Memorial Day weekend. Now, I know you. I know what a faithful church you are. I know you were planning on being at church on Memorial Day. I know you said no to the lake because you, you wanted to be at church so bad on Memorial Day. And I'm grateful for that. I, y'all are laughing because you know different. I am grateful for how, how faithful you are. Even on Memorial Day weekend, you canceled your... You said, listen, I can go, but after I go to church. And I, I love the kind of church that you are, that you would do that. But for this one Memorial Day, uh, in light of the fact that we have to take everything that you see and go reinstall uh, into our permanent building... On, on Memorial Day weekend, on Sunday, May the 29th, we will have online-only services. Uh, they'll be available on demand beginning at 7 that morning. We'll pre-record a service for you. Our team's working on that now. I'll bring a message to you pre-recorded. It will be available for you to stream on demand at 7 a.m., uh, whether you're on the lake or on a boat or at the pool, or if you're on the Dream Team, you're at the new building because we have work day that day. Amen, everybody. And so uh, it's going to be a big, big day on Memorial Day weekend, but we will not have church here. I, I made this commitment to our trustees uh, not long ago. They said, Pastor, what do we do if, like, if it's not ready? Well, number one, it's going to be ready in Jesus' name. <laughs> But number two, I, my commitment to you is this. When we move out of here portably, we're not going to move back in here. We're, we're going we're to keep going forward in Jesus' name. Amen, everybody? And in light of that, if everything goes as planned, I, I was raised in the south, uh, in the deep south. I know you all think Texas is the south. It's not. I was raised in the deep south. And in the deep south, we used to say it like this. If, if, if the good Lord's willing and the creek don't rise, okay? And I, didn't, I don't even live by the creek, but if the creek don't rise, here's, here's what's going to happen. The Sunday after that, Sunday, June the 5th, is our first service in our new location. We launch at 9 o'clock and 10.30 in the morning, Sunday, June the 5th. Come on, give God praise for that, everybody. Come on, do better than that, everybody. Oh, yeah. Now, from today to this day, there's a lot of work to do. And I am grateful for those of you. Matter of fact, last week, some of our teams started showing up. I've been telling you uh, uh, throughout this process, there's two groups of people. There are people who know what they're doing, and then there's us who carry things for people who know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Last week, the people who know what they're doing started showing up on Wednesday night and Thursday, all day yesterday, and our teams are moving in to finish work. And, uh, and we'll continue to do that. But over the coming three or four weeks, there's a lot for you to do at every skill level. If you want to be involved, if you're somebody with uh, skills, and you know, if you don't know, men, let me just talk straight to you on Mother's Day. If you don't know, just ask your wife. She knows which camp you're in. You know, She knows whether you're in the you, you can do something or you can't do anything kind of thing. And then you let us know. You can stop by the welcome tent. Say, hey, my wife said I, can, I know I'm handy. And so... Uh, and we'd love to have you. And then, and then as we get closer to June the 5th, there'll be something for all of us to do. And I'm just grateful for you. This is our church. Say amen to that. You don't believe that. Say, this is my church. Say, this is my church. This isn't my church. This isn't her church. This is your church. And we have responsibility together. 
in our family. I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old little boy. And I don't know why they haven't got jobs yet, but anyway, that's beside the point. But I tell them every, every day, I tell them, nobody freeloads in this house. Come on, somebody. I'm that dad. You know what I mean? I'm at the age where I start using dad things like that. And I say, no, everybody has responsibility here. Now, you may not have a job outside the house, but everybody can do something. You can, you can pick up your own clothes. You can, you, can, you can clear the table after dinner. Everybody has responsibility because a family works because we all work together. Amen, everybody? It works in your home, and it works in church families as well. This is our church, and we have responsibility together. And I'm grateful for how not, not only did you give, and uh, not only have you been generous so we can be this far, but the way that you serve together. And then so we'll soft open on June the 5th. Uh, I can't wait to welcome your families and so many new people uh, over the summer. It may not be exactly right. Matter of fact, we're pretty confident not everything that we want will be ready by June the 5th. But it'll give us the summer to kind of work all the kings out and get everything right. And then our team is planning a grand opening revival this fall that is going to catch our community on fire in Jesus' name. Are you ready for that, everybody? I'm ready for that. I'm ready for ministry for your family and, and your kids and students and moms and women and men's ministry and small groups and just so much more we can do in our own building. I may, I've already told my wife I may just sleep there a couple of nights just because I can because nobody's going to kick me out, you know, uh, and I get to do that. So going to be a great time. All right. I now have 13 minutes to preach to you an entire message. And, uh, and you're hungry, and I'm kind of hungry, and we're, we're racing to Baptist, remember. So uh, we got to hurry up. Did, did you grow up with a mom who was safety first, you know, like, like overtly safety first? Anybody? Right, let, let me ask this. Are you married to a Is there a mom in the room who's safety first? Like this is a big deal? Yeah. Usually first-time moms too. You know, I remember when we first had Hazel, our first baby, um, I remember we bought all of the safety stuff for the house, you know, like the, 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 the cabinet closer thingies. And we had to have them installed before we brought her home from the hospital. Now, let me give you a little tip if you're a new parent or you haven't had kids yet. Newborns can't open cabinets. They don't walk. We actually put, but this true story, before our kids were born, Brandon's like, we got to do the thing on the doorknob, you know, where they can't. And I'm like, as of today, my 10-year-old doesn't shut the door behind herself. Not, she sure wasn't doing it 10 years ago, right? But we were safety first, man. We wanted to make sure that they, they couldn't get out or escape. And actually, I couldn't get out or escape. when I, I really think it was for me, honestly, in, in all of that. Uh, but uh, maybe you grew up with a mom that way. I grew up with a mom. There were some things that were very safety first and some things that were not. And it was always funny to me, you know, what we, what we were allowed to get away with. And, then, and there's other stuff that we'd like... We couldn't do. One of the ones was we couldn't jump on the bed. And we couldn't jump on our bed for one reason. What was the reason you couldn't jump on the bed? You'd bump your head. Now listen, look at me. Does it look like I'm in danger of bumping my head on the ceiling? My bed wasn't made out of trampoline, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was no chance. What's up? Josh, yes, bump your head on the ceiling. Me, not bumping my head on any ceiling, ever. At any time, is that going to happen? But it was a safety rule. I'm telling you, all of my life, we couldn't jump on the bed. But now, now that I'm an adult, I just jump on the bed all the time. I'm totally fine. The ceiling fan, no, I've got no issues. But you couldn't jump on the bed because you, maybe that's what, or this was a funny one to me. I still don't understand this. I don't know whether she got this at the CDC because, you know, that's where all that's where all safety tools come from. I don't know whether she got it from, but it was this: you couldn't go swimming until at least 30 minutes. 
Now, at 25 minutes, you'll drown and die. But at 31 minutes, swim like a fish. No issues whatsoever after you ate. Do you, did, is this a rule in your house? 30 minutes. I don't know why this is. I have swam as an adult after eating before 30 minutes. Still here to tell about it. Living, doing fine. I'm also fat enough to know I'll get a cramp two hours after. Come on, somebody. Like it doesn't, like it's just not, but, but that's the rule. You don't, you know, it's safety. We're just trying to be safe. Or, or maybe maybe you taught your kids, or maybe you raised my mom, you can't run with scissors. The other day, my little boy is, uh, is crafty. Both of my kids are very crafty, uh, very artistic like their mom. And so they were making Mother's Day cards, which blessed me. And so they were making their mom's uh, Mother's Day cards, and my little boy wanted to run down and hand one of his multiple Mother's Day cards to his mom, but he had scissors. I'm talking about scissors, for real, scissors in his hand, as fast as he could running down the stairs. And he's clumsy all the time, and he's running with scissors. And so we, and everybody screams, you know, and it's safety first. And, and those are good rules, honestly. Those may be good stuff. And every other area of life kind of has some safety rules. Like you, there's safety rules at church, and there's safety rules at, at your work, and there's safety rules in the mall. And honestly, there's some, there's some like unspoken church safety stuff that nobody really talks about. Honestly, these may be like, these may be rules that nobody formally teaches, but they're often practiced like, like this. Like a very safe rule in church is just don't offend anybody. You know, don't, don't ever, especially over the last two and a half years, just whatever it is that you do, don't make a statement about anything. But by not making a statement about anything, you offended half the people who wanted you to make statements about everything. But if you made a statement about anything, it was not the right statement. And I can't believe you made that statement. And I'm offended that you did or did not say what you did or did not say. You know what I'm saying, everybody. And so there's this unspoken rule in church that's like, just pl- play it safe. Like, don't, don't, don't offend anybody. Or, or another one is like, don't say anything controversial, right? Like, like, don't preach about sin, right? Because people get offended about that. Or don't, don't talk about money. Oh, whatever you do, don't talk about money because they get, people get weird and they get tight about it. And so there's this, it's safer if you just don't talk about money and you don't talk about sin. And then I think the biggest church safety rule that I know of, especially if you're in an older church or an established church, is just don't change anything whatsoever at any time whatsoever. Right? You don't know why things are the way they are. You just know I'm too scared to change them. Right? Like, I don't know why this grand piano is on the stage, but it's always been here. I think one of the apostles delivered it to our church, so we have to leave it here forever because this is the way it is. And a lot of churches kind of follow this, uh, honestly, closely. I mean, it's, it's unspoken, but it's true. But when you look at the New Testament, these are not safe people. And the New Testament church is not a safe church. I mean, you see these risky, risk it all for the sake of the gospel kind of church. And honestly, moms and dads today, i got to tell you, this safety first has not just crept into our homes and about mothers and about how we play, but it's kind of crept into our faith if you're not, if you're not careful. Right? That i got to do just the right safe thing. i got to make sure everything is safe. But the New Testament church was anything but safe. Let me tell you a story. Peter and John, uh, both disciples of Jesus, now apostles of the New Testament church. Jesus has been resurrected. He stayed there for 40 days. He ascends into heaven. The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out, and these men are now apostles preaching and teaching about Jesus. And everywhere they would go, they would perform miracles in Jesus' name. And blind eyes were opening, and deaf ears were opening, and dead people were coming back to life, and demoniacs were being delivered from demon possession. And it was an amazing thing. People were 
were being saved and hearts were being turned to Jesus. And, and it, was, it was crazy because all of the safe people in, in their day were mad at all of the risky people. I can't believe you're doing that. Now, moms never do this to one another. Y'all never get on Facebook and tell everybody else about how you do the safe thing and you can't believe that they're, they're not leading that way. But this is what these religious people would do. They would say, I can't believe. I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe you're healing like that. I can't believe you're doing And they were so upset and bitter and mad and tight that they would take these apostles to court over and over and over. And they'd throw them in jail and they'd get out. And they'd take them to court and throw them in jail and get out. Now that's real persecution, by the way. Not wearing a mask in an airport. Uh-oh. Gotcha. That's real persecution, right? Where preaching Jesus puts you in court and takes you to jail. And that's what they're going through. They're preaching Jesus and they go to court and they go to jail and they get out and preach Jesus. And this is the story that they're in. They arrested Peter and John and they throw them, they take them to court, they throw them in jail. Peter gets out of jail and the first thing he does is preach about Jesus. 5,000 men get saved. Now, that's not including women and children. There could have been 10, 12, 13, 15,000, 20,000 converts in this revival that Peter is preaching. It's an ama- he's risking it all. It's an amazing thing. And I want you to hear kind of what happens in this courtroom when they talk about the family of God. Pick it up in Acts 4 and verse 13. Here's what the Bible said. The members of the council, so the members of this courtroom, were amazed when they saw that. Everybody shout boldness. Let me tell you what the world needs from moms in 2022. It does not need timidity about our faith. It needs boldness in our area. It needs boldness. It needs moms that say, no, not my kids. No, not our family. No, this is, we're going to serve God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Say amen to that. And this council was amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And then this part's funny to me. The council could see that they were pretty ordinary men. This is the nice Bible way of saying dumb. All right, this, they were just ordinary guys. Like they, they were fishermen. They were kind of you know kind of country. Kind of didn't have. They had no special training in the scriptures. And as a mother today, or as a dad today, you may be in church thinking, I don't have what it takes. I'm not qualified. I don't know how to raise kids in today's culture. What if I do it wrong? What if we mess up? What if I don't have the right? Th- I don't have the right tools. I, I, I didn't. I didn't come. I didn't. Co- I didn't have the right example. I didn't have a mother who taught me. I didn't have a grandmother who taught me. We didn't have a good example of staying together. My parents divorced, and their parents divorced, and we didn't have an example of walking out of addiction. My dad was an alcoholic, and his daddy was an alcoholic. And maybe you think, man, it's just who we are. I didn't put it on the screen, but write this in your notes. Look into my eyes. Just because you didn't come from faith doesn't mean faith can't come from you. Just because you didn't come from faith doesn't mean faith can't come from you. Just because you didn't come from peace doesn't mean peace can't reign in your home. Just because you didn't come from joy doesn't mean joy can't reign in your home. It doesn't have to be sad and depressed all the time. It could be full of life and laughter and joy. Just because you were raised in a home of negativity doesn't mean that negativity's got to come from you. Just because I didn't come from worship doesn't mean worship can't come out of me. Just because you didn't come from a praying mother doesn't mean you can't be a praying mother. That you don't have to have special training. Here's what you do have to have. Listen, here's the point, and I gotta hurry. They recognized that Peter and John, these guys, as men who had been 
with Jesus. Let me tell you what to make a difference in your family. Let me tell you what to change the world. What do we do about culture? What do we do about the Supreme Court? What do we do about politics? What do we do about the government? What do we do about America and public schools? And I'm not really none of my business to get into all of that. It is my business to get into your life and say, I can tell you what, I can tell you what to change the world because it's always changed the world. And if it's always changed the world, it could change yours. Write it in like this. To have biblical results, in other words, to, to see what they saw, miracles and signs and wonders and people coming to God, to have biblical results, you've got to have a biblical model, right? If you want God's way, you've got to do God's way. If you want the Word to work in your life, you've got to work the Word. So people will come to me sometimes and say, Pastor, I'm not seeing the blessing of God in my life like you preach it. And we are. We're, we're, a, we're a blessing preaching kind of church. They say, well, I don't, I don't see this. And my first question is always, are you tithing? You say, well, Pastor, that's, that's hard. No, I'm just saying, if you're, not, if you're not working the Word, well, of course the Word doesn't work. Are you with me, everybody? If you want biblical results, you've got to have a biblical model. So what was the model? Listen, the model was not to find the most qualified people. The model was not to find the religious, the super spiritual. There wasn't one priest that Jesus called. There, it, he didn't build the apostles on Pharisees and Sadducees, not rabbis, not teachers of the law, not people who had their whole life together. He built it with ordinary guys. No special training. Listen. But the model was they had spent time to Jesus. They were close to Jesus. Write it down like this. Proximity is the determining factor in intimacy. Proximity is the determining factor in intimacy. You know this to be true in your, in your personal life, right? Right? You understand this, right? All, all the parents, you've at least experienced it. Shake your head this way. People come to me and go, oh, pastor, well, we had three kids and that last one was an accident. No, it wasn't. You got close. Are you with me, everybody? Don't make me say it. Just say amen. Because proximity is the determining factor of intimacy. And the same thing's true in your relationship with God. Listen to me. You got to get close to get close. You want your kids to love Jesus. You want your teenagers to serve God. You want your babies to make it in this world that's getting increasingly evil and dark. I, I don't think you gotta, you don't have to go to school and get more degrees. Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to read more books. Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to play it safe. As a matter of fact, I think it's just the opposite. I think what you have to do is get close to Jesus and bring your family close. Your life should reflect how close you are to Jesus. If you haven't been close, it shows up. If there's distance between you and your family and Jesus, then there's no peace and no joy, no hope, no self-control. But conversely, if you bring your, your children, your family, your husband, your wife, your, if, you bring, if you bring them close to Jesus, if, you're, if, they're, if, if they're close to the presence of God, you have proximity then your life reflects the proximity you have. You have peace. 
then there's more love in your home. There's joy and laughter again. There's hope. There's, I'm not telling you this is, I'm not telling you you won't have hard times. I'm just telling you the closer you get, the more the world knows. Man, there's something different about that family. Man, there's something different about my kids. Man, there's something different about your marriage. How do you get close? Bring them close in prayer. Teach your kids how to pray. Bring them close in worship. Brandy said it today. Bring them close in attendance. There's, I, I used to believe, honestly, early in my ministry, I would talk about people that, Corey, that just showed up. You know, that was the bare minimum you could do. Listen to me. Sometimes it's all you can do. But do that. Just show up. About 90% of spiritual battles are won just by showing up and not quitting. And it's always too soon to quit. It's always too early to give up. The best is always yet to come with God. It's always just around the next corner in God's kingdom. So get close to God in attendance. Get close to God in participation. Show them how to serve. Show them how to serve God's house. Bring them along with you. Just at work night the other night, Josh, remember the team on the front row here, Josh said, I'm bringing my daughter with me. And all around our new building, Kenley was walking around picking up trash. Now listen, doesn't mean like much to you. But there's going to be a day in her life when she remembers, I built God's house. I was there. They didn't show me how. They brought me along with They didn't tell me this is what to do. They didn't say, hey, you ought to love church. They didn't say, hey, you ought to tithe. Hey, you ought to pray. They brought my kids along for the journey. Moms, bring them close to Jesus. Bring them close to the fire. You want them to warm at the fire of the presence of God. Bring them close. Turn the TVs off and turn worship music up louder. Bring them to vacation Bible schools and youth camps and conferences. Bring them to your small group. Bring them close. Here's the last thing I'll tell you, then I'll pray for you. Believing in Jesus is how you experience salvation. You know that to be true for yourself, right? That, that your faith in Christ is the only way. It, believing in Him is how you experience salvation. Listen, but following Jesus, that's how you help your babies experience salvation. It's got to go beyond just believing and knowing. It's got to be a following in your life. Moms, dads, single moms, grandmothers, stepmoms, foster moms, wannabe moms, praying for a baby. I sat in many church services for ten and a half years before we were pregnant. Decide today may not be the best, may not do it all right, but I can tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to play it safe anymore with Jesus. We're not, we're, we're not, we're not going to stand on the outside and watch faith go by. No, we're going to get close. People are going to know this about our family. Man, they, they didn't do it all right, but they stayed close to Jesus. Moms, today, if you feel like a failure, you feel like, man, I messed up. Maybe I've gone too long. My kids are in college and my kids have already left that. No, no, no. No, as long as there's breath, there's hope. Teach them how to get close again. Better yet, bring them close. And they'll change the world too. Bow your heads for prayer. All over the house. Jesus, I pray today for, um, for mothers who are in the room and feel like what am I doing? I don't know how to do this. I don't know if I feel qualified. I pray for first-time moms. I pray for 
stepmoms. I pray for those feeling out of their comfort zone. I don't even know what to do right now. Maybe moms of teenagers who are struggling with the seasons of life that are changing. I pray for empty nesters today. That Mom, maybe at home for the first time alone, feeling the loneliness. I pray for grandmothers today who spend the majority of their day thinking about their kids, their grandkids. Where are they? What are they doing? How is it going? God, I pray for marriages and families today that are struggling. I pray for men who are trying to support their wives and financial struggles and the world's upside down. Honestly, days like today, I just pray for a pause in all the stress to say, you're doing better than you think you are. And let's kind of refocus our lives back to Jesus. Let's just decide together on this Mother's Day to get close again. Let's decide to bring our family back close to the fire. Let's decide to reorient our family back to the presence of God. Back to the people of God. The church matters. Prayer matters in our home. That worship is our way. That fasting draws us away from the world and close to God. That, that devotion every day matters. We're going to read God's word together. We're going to serve. We're going to go to small groups together. We're going to serve God's house. We're going to be generous and tithe together. We're just going to get close to Jesus. God, I pray for a church full of families like that. Like Peter and John who say, man, we, we don't have it all right. We're kind of ordinary people, but oh, we've been with Jesus and it changed everything. Gave us the boldness and the power and the strength to lead in this season. I thank you for that. Thank you for the amazing church family that we have. Thank you for the incredible women the backbone of our church. I bless them today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shout a big amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord, everybody? Put your hands together if you do. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit City Hills TX dot com right now and if this message blessed you why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials i pray it's a blessing to others in your world thanks again for listening today god bless you